High Impact Influence, the podcast. GrowGreat.com, that's the website. My name, Randy Cantrell. I'm your host. Coming to you from Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas. Today is session 30. Yep, here we are. We are completing this short 30-day micro-leadership course. My goal when we began was to provoke thoughts, beliefs, and actions. Mostly, I wanted to help I wanted to help you challenge yourself and your enterprise to higher human performance. My role is not to tell you what to do. It is not to tell you how to do it. My role is to help you figure it out. I want to help you see more clearly and take positive actions that will move you forward. Always, always, always forward. So with that, let's wrap up our 30 days together in this course. No, this is not the end of the podcast. It's just the end of this 30 day series. And after today, I'll be taking a break. So don't panic. If you don't hear from me for a week or two, that'll give you an opportunity to catch up maybe and go back and review some episodes in this course that most resonated with you, or maybe the ones that you feel like you need the most pursuing the ideal outcome. This is the objective of all the work, all this work. We have mostly learned how beneficial it is to begin with the end in view. Everybody says it, everybody claims to practice it, but in my experience, very few people put in the work to detail it out. And when pressed, people find it challenging to articulate or to specify in writing their ideal outcome. So put in the work, sit down, write down your ideal outcome. Now your leadership will never exceed your willingness, your courage, and your dedication to improve. So be detailed, be specific. You're not etching this in stone. Ideal outcomes are always subject to change because life happens. Our circumstances, our situations change. People come and go in our life. Relationships change. Some grow, others diminish. Lots of factors impact our ideal outcome, so give yourself permission to go with it and to change it as you need to. This is your life. This is your career. Take control of it. Remember, You're writing a hero story, not a victim story. Construct your ideal outcome accordingly. It's the people who matter. Leadership has an obvious point. It's relationships with people. I've been beating the drum of leadership being all about influence and doing for others what they are unable to do for themselves. The beneficiary of each of these activities is others. But more precisely, it's about your ability to, to relate well to others. High-performing enterprises behave differently. They're willing to do what others aren't. They behave differently because, well, they think and they believe differently. And those thoughts and beliefs drive them to act differently. It impacts all the relationships, vendors, suppliers, strategic partners, employees, leaders, management, customers. All of these relationships are superior in high-performing organizations. And that makes an enormous difference in the outcomes. Part of relationship building is mutual benefit. One-sided relationships aren't tolerated in high-performance cultures. That is, a person who is unwilling or unable to contribute is not tolerated. Suppliers unwilling to meet the expectations, they're not tolerated either. Up and down and throughout the operation, relationships have to be beneficial, not detrimental. There's a relentless pursuit of the ideal outcome coupled with compassion where judgment is focused on the honest pursuit of the ideal outcome. Now, this does not mean that everybody's perfect. 
mistakes are going to be made. Errors will happen. But in the context of learning, growing, and trying things, innovation is always going to be fraught with imperfection as we pursue perfection. The relationships, they're forged in willingness, intention, and wisdom. Relationships are damaged by unwillingness, by selfishness, by foolishness. So from employees to customers in every relationship in between, high-performing organizations raise the bar over which everybody must jump. Expectations are highest in excellent organizations. You know, we sometimes talk about the rich getting richer, the poor getting poor. Well, it happens and it can happen in a financial sense, but it happens in a much broader sense because excellent performers attract more excellent performers. They want to be surrounded by, and they want to enjoy a relationship with other excellent people. College football is underway as I hit the record button today on Thursday, September the 30th, 2021 this weekend. There's going to be lots of games played. Some teams, they haven't had a winning culture in a long, long time, if ever. And we look at the colleges that seem to always find their way to the top of the rankings each year. And well, we could think they're lucky. We could think, well, they've just got more resources. They're richer physically than everybody else. We might even think, you know, they cheat. We can think whatever we want to think. The reality is success breeds success. And so the elite college football programs around the country, they can recruit better players because better players know that if they go to these schools, they're going to have better players as teammates. They don't go to these schools worried about, I'm going to be stuck playing with somebody who really can't compete at the highest levels because everybody at every position is going to be able to compete at the highest levels in these programs. What do your people know? Do they know that there are weak performers whose low performances are tolerated? Do they know that if they work harder and outperform their teammates, nobody's going to notice, nobody's going to care? What kind of relationships exist internally and externally in your enterprise? Look at every relationship. Look at it carefully. How does leadership and management relate to the people within the own organization? How do employees relate to management? Is there trust? Is there safety? How are vendors and supplier relationships? Describe them. Are they ideal? Are they true partnerships or are they more adversarial? How are your relationships with your customers? And as you survey all the lines that connect us as humans, these relationships, these strings that attach us, think carefully about how you might accurately describe these relationships. How congruent are your descriptions of these relationships as they exist today with your ideal outcome? And how are you closing the gap to make these relationships more congruent with your ideal outcome? Let's talk about predictable results. Every high-performing organization produces predictable results. Their work is as precise as flying an airliner or as precise as a fast food drive through They get it right all the time with few exceptions. And when there are exceptions, they recover well. You know, things that were once difficult, they're now easy. Nobody even thinks much about it because the processes and the systems, they're in place and everybody's devoted to following these procedures. So the same result can occur over and over and over and over again, every single time. 
And with such an environment in place, people can now get busy tweaking and honing things, making things more perfect. We just do these things because they're now part of our DNA. It's in the fabric of the whole organization. There's something powerful about making a 1% improvement when you're already performing at a really high level. And it is dramatically more impactful than getting, I don't know, say a 25% improvement from a poor performance. Excellent organizations are relentless in making things even better and better and better and better. It's the game that everybody wants to play and win. Success is a habit, but so is losing. And that's why leadership is so important. Somebody has to show us the way forward, especially when we can't see it for ourselves. Last week, I heard a college football coach, Sam Pittman. He is the head coach of the University of Arkansas. This is a team that has not enjoyed a ton of success in recent years, but they got off to a 2-0 and start this year. And I heard him say that when he got the job, he wanted to make sure that he and his coaching staff yelled the loudest in practice when players performed well. Now, there's a leader who understands the power of relationships and achieving predictable results. Here's a man who comes in, his first head coach gig, at least as far as I know at the college level, and he insists that praise and celebration for getting it right outshine the loudness against getting it wrong. He's well on his way to building an excellent football team. Excellent organizations focus on finding people doing great work and they celebrate it. Poor, even average organizations, they are fixated on catching people doing things wrong. That focus and behavior demonstrate the difference in their outcomes. The one focuses on getting great, predictable results. The other concentrates on mistakes and errors and mishaps. You can attend any youth sporting event, and you will hear parents hollering instructions to their kids. And if barking out orders worked, then every kid would be a superstar. But most aren't, largely because they're learning and they don't yet know what, well, they don't yet know what the parents think they know. And in many situations, maybe even most, the kids are going to lose whatever love they may have for the game because these adults in their life, they can't understand one fundamental truth. And it is a truth that's summed up in my all time favorite quote, a quote that, by the way, I've never been able to trace back to its original author. Everything is hard until it's easy. Everything is hard until it's easy. All of the things that we've talked about in this series, they're relatively simple. There's nothing complex. There's nothing that's terribly difficult to understand in any of this. Some things might be tough for you to believe, but belief is your choice and it's based on evidence. You can ignore it. If you want, you can choose to believe whatever you want to believe. I'm encouraging you to believe the truth and to find a way to understand that you and your career can go much further, faster. It's up to you. Serve yourself and your organization. I'm going to end this series with a common story that I use in my coaching. It's a simple story to demonstrate the power that we each have to choose what we think and what we believe and how that choice drives what we do here in Dallas, Fort Worth. We have lots of traffic. It's the hazards of a city with over 7 million people. So road rage is common. Picture yourself on the highway, 
you're here in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas, you're battling traffic, you're headed to the office and suddenly in your rearview mirrors, you see this pickup truck racing up behind you. The driver whips his truck around you and he jumps in front of you and you are royally irritated. He races on down the road. He's leaving you in the dust and you are left alone to fume in your car about this jerk who cuts you off. And you're probably going to throw out some language that you might not be so proud of. Well, your mom wouldn't. Who does he think he is? I mean, all kinds of negative emotions are just sweeping over you. And if he came close to hitting you or something more dramatic than just cutting in front of you, you're really steamed. By the time you arrive at your office, your blood pressure is elevated. Your emotions are high. And that w- it was half an hour ago when the pickup cut you off. This is going to linger as long as you're willing to give it oxygen because it's up to you. This is your choice. You're thinking whatever you're thinking, because you're choosing to think these things. Meanwhile, the driver in the pickup got no idea who you are. No idea how you're feeling your feelings. They're having no impact on that person. You're only hurting yourself. What if, what if you were to think better of that driver? Why would I? That's what most people will say to me when I go through this. Well, because it's better for you because it serves you more. I mean, what if that driver was en route to a family emergency? He wasn't people very quick to judge that, but what if he was, or what if you just chose to believe that he was, how are you helped by extending grace to that driver? You're helped in every way, every way. Listen, I know it's hard, but it's helpful. I know it's not complicated and I know that it's not easy to do. And so the question I always get is, well, how do I do that? You decide, you just decide, you make up your mind that you're going to choose to think the best because you don't have any evidence to support how you're feeling. And you know, even if you do, even if you do have evidence to think ill of that driver, what good's it going to do you? It's been said that everything is hard. Good things are hard. Bad things are hard. Beautiful things are hard. Ugly things are hard. Things that build up, they're hard. Things that tear down, they are hard. And we commonly hear the admonition, choose your hard. That's because it's profitable. It helps us. It influences us. It does for us what we otherwise might not be able to do for ourselves. It's a life of leadership as we work to control our own destiny and write our own hero story. Be well, do good, grow great. I hope you found some profit in this little short 30-day micro-leadership course. I'd love to hear from you. Drop me an email, randy at randycantrell.com. I'd love to hear your story. And Lord willing, you'll be hearing from me soon.